You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 86. The Cubs GM meeting plans. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, we wanted to get a little bit more perspective from north of that shutter curtain. So Carly talked to former Brewers pitcher and current Brewers pre- and post-game analyst Tim Dillard about Craig Council and the 294 rivalry. It just got a little more intense. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, you see him on Bally Sports Talking Brewers, former MLB pitcher and brewer, Tim Dillard. Tim, it has been 48 hours since the shocking move of the Cubs sweeping in and picking up Craig Council. How, what have you heard so far? What, what is the vibe going on in Wisconsin right now? Wait, what happened? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I actually live in Nashville, so I haven't really had a chance to, you know, hear too much about the rumblings. Um, but I, you know, just seeing what everybody's putting on Twitter, and of course, everybody has a very—I don't know the word is—but they got a very strong opinion about it. Um, <laughs> me, I, I feel like Craig will end up doing some sort of press conference, you know, and we'll probably get to the, you know, the 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 gist of, you know, the decision making per se, but. Um, I don't know. I think uh, no one saw this coming. I didn't see it coming. I actually was like, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong if he if he leaves the Brewers. Uh, so yeah, this will be the second time I get to say it. And I was way off. I didn't have any idea what was about to happen. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's it's super interesting. I I think it's I think he's a smart guy. So I knew I, he probably knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, if he decided to go through with it. So I think every the, all the backlash and everything, you know, coming, uh, he's ready for. Now, th you know, that was the thing. is when, when I saw David Stearns and going to New York and all that stuff, I said, Council, Council's got to be going to New York. Or if he's not going to New York, then he's staying with the Brewers. Those, those were the options. And I know he was, you know, looked at it by, with the Guardians as well. But, you know, just seeing how all of this is coming out now, I think one of the things that blows my mind is that I've been reading so much about the whole story about how they pulled this off because in today's day and age, how do you keep something like that secret? Cause I keep thinking, imagine if David Ross finds out while he's under contract that the brewer, that the Cubs were talking to Craig yeah. council. I mean, that could have been a disaster. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how it went down. I don't know all the rules and, and how all that works, but um yeah, I think the reason it was such a surprise in one regard is that it go he goes to a team that already has a manager, a manager that you know is is liked, right? Um, and then it to be an arch rival, <laughs> you know, because they won't even trade players in the division. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, there's no telling how many times a you know teams in whatever division they're in are always looking for a player, and it's like the first thing they say is we're not dealing this guy to anyone in our division. So, um. I don't know. I, it's 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 definitely strange. Uh, but I will say this: being part of the baseball world, it's good to be wanted. It really is. And I've only had that maybe a couple of times in my career, <laughs> where where a team actually wanted to sign me as a minor league free agent or whatever. Um, and it's a great feeling. So for Craig Council to have kind of the upper hand going into this off season um, of trying to make some money and get in a position to you know maybe have a bigger payroll. Uh, and to be wanted like that, like that's a really good position. So in that way, I'm, I'm happy for him because, you know, this something opportunities like this only come around every once in a while. And you may play. I played for 18 seasons and I never got an opportunity where I felt like I had the upper hand in any way. 
Um, he played like 16 years in the big league. He's been coaching for a while now. So um, this may be that one big move where he has a chance to, you know, make something happen. So for him um, in his whole career, this is probably the biggest moment. Well, I will say he did win a couple of World Series. Those were big, but <laughs> I just mean as like a logistical move where he has the decision-making skills to do it. Um, this is probably a big one. Now, of all the major league managers you had, who do you think had the biggest impact on you, biggest influence on you? Ooh, um, I would say all of them had some sort of influence. You know, maybe I didn't like all of them. <laughs> um I don't know. The first one that comes to mind, I, I always enjoyed Ron Renneke, uh, but I really love Dale Schwame, right? So he was, you know, managed the Cubs as well. Uh, Schwame gave me very, very good practical advice. And it seemed like every day and it just kind of spilled out of him everywhere he went. And that was how, what he was like as a hitting coach, what he was like as a manager. And um, really, I get to see him, too, at like fantasy camp for the Brewers. And he still he just, he just knows a lot. Right. And guys like that, when you're around, especially the ones that are at the top and leading you, uh, when they open your mouth, when they open their mouth, you open your ears because, you know, you're about to hear something great. I guess the thing I was thinking of is, you know, growing up as a baseball fan, and I'm sure you were a fan, to, you know, and, and you play in the majors is I guess I grew up with a lot of uh, like big personality managers, whether you're talking about Lou Pinella, whether you're talking about, you know, Joe Torrey, go ahead, whoever have you on that. Sure. Dusty Baker's still in there in the 70s. But I think the trend that we've seen more and more is the front office is getting more involved. And Joe Madden spoke about this. The front office is getting more involved and the manager having less of an impact. You saw a lot of guys getting signed for cheap contracts. And all of a sudden now Craig's going to be making – you know, the highest, he's basically doubling the highest salaries. Do you think that maybe people are going to start moving that direction again to kind of the bigger name managers? Because I just, I think with David Ross, a lot of the question was where do David Ross decisions start and the front end offices uh, decisions. end? we didn't know who was making what calls on anything. And I feel for that amount of money that, that Craig's going to be able to make the calls himself. I mean, I think it would be, you pay him that much money and then you don't want his opinion. I mean, that just, that would be negligent. Um, and he has so much experience too. And just being around him, he has so much feel. Uh, players, coaches, we talk about feel all the time. And it's just knowing, it's having an awareness of every situation and, and how that comes across. And he just knows it when it comes to players. He knows it as a manager. Um, I think he really enjoys the manager you know, role and he likes interacting with the players, and it's a challenge for him, and it's a fun challenge. I don't think he really likes doing all the interviews he gets to do all the time. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, hey, you, we talked to you before the game. Hey, we talked to you after the game, you know, and all this stuff, um, which kind of comes with the job. But I, I think every every club wants a, a qualified manager that's easy to work with, that knows what they're doing, Um so that you can bounce ideas off of them. I mean, there may be managers that can do it really well on the field, but they have no idea who's out there when it comes to who should we pick up. Um, maybe that's the case. But I mean, as far as Craig Council, I just feel like he's so well-rounded um, that any front office would, would it would be not smart to just heed his advice. You know, he knows, he knows whatever team he's on, he's going to know it inside and out, and he knows what the team needs or doesn't need. So I would, the manager needs to be that guy. I, but to your point, yeah, I don't think every manager across Major League Baseball is that guy. Right. And so, you know, one of the funny things that Jed talked about is that there was almost like a jealousy because whether it was Jed or Theo and Jed, they were putting these teams together 
2017, they barely edged out the Brewers, right? 2018, they lose in game 163. 2019, they lose, you know, and so the Cubs, a major market team with a lot more dollars to work with and, and back, you know, when you talk about even for 2018, 2017, I mean, the Cubs had big names, the Bryants, the Bias, the Rizzos, and somehow this is a picture. I'm putting it up for the podcast listeners. This was a picture from Milwaukee. I was actually at this game. I think Keston Hira hit a walk-off on this one. And you just basically see Theo and Jed on the field, just like, how the hell does this keep happening? And Jed brought that up, is that as being on you know rivals from the I-94 rivalry, he always just wondered how Craig always seemed to do it and how these Brewers teams always seem to – just always get the best of the Cubs. What, what do you think it is about Craig Council specifically that just kind of, I don't know, just seemed to always be able to find a way to beat the Cubs? I think it's more, it's just consistency. If you look, especially at this season, this season, I mean, look at the Pirates got hot at one point, the Reds, Cubs, um, everybody, it seemed like. Even, uh, didn't the Cardinals do really well maybe out of the gate and then just completely fell apart, but um, that's what it takes for a season. 162 games. You got to be consistent. You can't let the high highs get too high. The lows get too lows. You stay consistent. These are all the cliches that we hear all the time. Well, how do you do that? And it's all about managing workload. It's about putting guys in good positions. And it's not just coincidence that the, you know, the brewers for the last, what, five or six seasons have been the most consistent team in the NL central. So it makes sense for the Cubs to go, okay, well, we want that. So we're just going to pay this guy to come here <laughs> because right. they know for them to win the central, you got to go through Milwaukee. They know that. Um, so, I mean, for their, for them, it makes sense. You know, it may look like they're playing dirty to, to Brewers fans, but I mean, it makes sense to them if they want to win, they forked out the money and they got, you know, made a, a big piece in, in the Brewers success. So I think the Brewers are going to take it as a challenge. I mean, just think about <laughs> Those games at Wrigley and American Family Field, I, I can't wait. I'm gonna be laughing. It's gonna be so much fun. You so yeah, I was looking at the dates because I'm like, do I want to go to Milwaukee for that first game where Craig Council is back? What kind of reception? Because I mean, we, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you saw this, but I know that there's a park I think in Whitefish that the Craig Council Park and somebody spray painted ass, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but. I, I did see a lot of vitriol, you know, um, you know, directed towards Craig for the decision to go to the Cubs. Well, I think, you know, people are passionate about sports. They're passionate about their team um, and, and they get worked up about it, which, I mean, that's what you want. You want fans that care. <laughs> what if he moved? What if he left and everybody was just like, oh, great. That's awesome. That's what we all wanted, you know? Um I think people take it to extremes, of course, in the instance you're talking about, <laughs> and I'm sure there's others. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's 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 baseball. This stuff happens. It's happened before. It, baseball has been around long enough that there's really not a whole lot of stuff that hasn't happened. Um, you know, every once in a while, you'll see something that, you know, there'll be a record that gets broken and things like that. But this stuff, this stuff happens. Um, and as a player, as coaches, they they know this. This is the way baseball works. And you know, it's like it's like you come to the clubhouse every day and you see the same guy, you see the same guy, and then one day you come in and he's been released. And you're like, oh, man, and it hurts. And you reach out to the guy and you give him a hug and you keep in touch with him. But at the same time, you do your job. And that's just, you know, and then the inner, you know, they'll interview guys. Well, what are you going to, you know, what? Do, how is the clubhouse with this guy that there? It's like, oh, dude, we love this dude, but he's not here anymore. 
and we right. can't stop everything. We keep going and we do the best we can. And that's what organizations do. They're like, well, okay, well, it's on to the next manager. It's about getting it right. That's really what baseball is, especially at the top when you're managing uh, general manager, baseball ops, all that. It's all about getting it right for your club. Now, you know, when you talk about the next manager, whoever, I mean, there are some names being kicked around. Have you heard of anybody that could potentially, I know uh, Craig's bench coach was mentioned as possibly being in the running. Is there someone you think would be a natural fit for the Brewers? Well, I, I heard Ricky I'm, Weeks. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation. I want to say first and foremost that I I think I could do the job. <laughs> ah, yes. um, I don't think I would do it well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of the names, you know, uh, I had a lot of people reach out to me over social media as well. Thank you. People that reach out to social media in a nice way. That's great. Um, just asking like, what do you think? And I don't know, baseball is just one of those things. Like it's like the E true Hollywood story. Like you think, you know, but you have no idea. Nobody knows what's, what they're going to do. Um, I actually like Matt Erickson a lot. Uh, I brought this up on a radio show, I think yesterday they were asking me and he hasn't really been brought up or looked at, but he knows the team he's managed in the minor leagues. He's been, you know, right there this entire time. But I think Pat Murphy's earned it. If he wants to be in Milwaukee and be the guy, I think he's going to have a really good chance of getting that job, but he may want to be bench coach in Chicago. So I don't know. Again, it's fun to be wanted and especially with multiple teams trying to, you know, get you, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting combination. So I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. Ricky Weeks. I don't know if he really wants that job. I haven't talked to him. I'll see him, uh, for Brewers fantasy camp coming up soon, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if that's what he, the next step is. He's been in the organization for a couple of years in his role and he's, he really likes it. So I don't know when you undertake the managerial job, um, it, you have to take everything that it comes with it. So, a lot of guys that haven't done it before uh, would actually want to go through the minor leagues and kind of work their way. I know Craig didn't do that. Um, and so Ricky's kind of in that same boat. If he wanted to do it, he's he may be jumping right in. Now, I saw this quote from Brewers owner Matt Atanasio who said, quote, we lost Craig, but I've reflected on this. You know, Craig has lost us and he's lost our community. It's really a special place to be. I thought that was kind of bizarre considering all the drama about moving the team if they didn't get the referendum on the taxes to fix the stadium or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to figure out, you know, I, I just thought from an owner that was kind of a weird kind of comment, especially considering Craig still has a home up there and family up there and is part of the community. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I think it was a Zoom chat. I think I was invited to, I had something I had to do. I think I was at basketball practice with my kid, <laughs> with my youngest. Um, so I missed it, but yeah, I, I saw the quote. I don't know. I just to the point of talking about how special the Milwaukee community is, is the fact that we're right now, right now on this chat, uh, that you're chatting with me. And I, mm -hmm. the only reason you're doing that probably is because I'm a broadcaster for the brewers. And the only reason I'm a broadcaster for the brewers is is bizarre because I was with the Brewers a long time, but not in the big leagues. Right. But, um, through social media and just kind of the way my career panned out for whatever reason, I was able to get this job. So it's a very tight knit group. I feel like with this community, when it's the Brewers, they love their people. I don't know why I, I couldn't tell you why people love to high five me on the concourse, but I love it. <laughs> I high five them back. 
Uh, they say, really nice. Day. Dude, we love you on the broadcast. I'm like, this is great. Let me go get my boss so you can tell my bosses this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they love their people. So they're very passionate about it. And I again, you want that as a fan base. You want people to care. And the Brewers fans care, man. And, and when you're in, you're in. So yeah, I, as far as I know, I'm still in. Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. for a long time. As somebody that has spent a lot of their life up and down between Wisconsin and Illinois, you know, I, I understand what a fib is and all that stuff. So I think the fact that there is kind of like a, a feeling of resentment, you know, when, when people come and they call it Wrigley North. And like you said, it's just a pa both passionate fan bases, you know, whether you're talking Bears, Packers or Cubs, Brewers. I think that's what Bud Selig was looking for when he moved the Brewers to the Cubs division to the NL Central, you know? I mean, maybe you're seeing a lot of MLB stepping in and making logistically everything a little easier. You know, like why are teams that are so close never play each other? Well, OK, well, let's open it up and everybody plays everybody now. And the teams should be closer together. And I think they could still do some finagling, especially if they start trying to add new teams in the future, maybe get a couple of new uh, teams in the MLB. But um, I don't know. I, I, I to, to set up a rivalry doesn't seem... I mean, that it seems like it'd be tough to do on purpose, but <laughs> I don't know. Every team has a rival. And I, I think, you know, before nobody really cared, but when they got moved into the same league and same division, I think that just, that was kind of it. You know, you just, you have to pick somebody. Right. <laughs> I think Chicago and Milwaukee, they picked each other. Uh, but it's fun. Those games are so much fun. Uh, oh, yeah. My, my son, we were at, a, I think, a Cubs. No, we were watching it on TV, one of the Cubs games. I think late late in the season, it was Cubs and Brewers. And my eight-year-old was like, I think the Cubs did something good, like hit a double, and the whole place cheered. And he was like, why are they, why are they cheering? <laughs> he couldn't figure out that there were tons of Cubs fans there. Um, and maybe you don't get it as much at Wrigley, but you still get it. You know, Brewer hits a home run at Wrigley. You hear it. There's yeah. people there. Um, and it's great. I think it's healthy. It's a healthy thing. People can make it unhealthy, but it's 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 a fun atmosphere. Now, for for you know, obviously we know Craig Council from him being on the other side. But but if you were talking to a Cub fan, what do, why should they be happy that Craig Council is coming and, and now to Chicago? Well, I mean, if they're if they're a fan that knows who you know knows the Cubs and knows who Craig Council is, then I think they should be excited. <laughs> or or just look at how upset you know, Brewers fans are, should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, but you know, David Ross is, he's been there, he's done that. And you know, he, as far as I, everything I've heard, he's a good manager. So, you know, that kind of coming out of nowhere, nobody likes to be surprised like that. So, you know, I could see why the fan base is kind of, you know, a little bit apprehensive maybe, but I don't know. They should be excited. I, I, Craig's great. I love him. I was teammates with him and he's just been the ultimate professional in a lot of ways and this was a very surprising move but i think whatever he does i mean he just success follows him so hopefully that doesn't happen with y'all <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're hoping it is but I, like i said I, I i just like jed hoyer i would always sit there and i was somebody that did not like craig council as a player why because he always got the big hit he always well, yeah. Always got the big hit. It was one of those things that he you hated him when he was on the other team, on your rival. But now that he's coming here, like, and I would sit there and I'd be like, literally, I would look at the lineup and I would look, you know, position by position. Obviously, it's different, you know, on paper or whatnot. But I always be like, God, the Cubs look stronger than the Brewers. And somehow I'd see the Brewers ahead of the Cubs in the standings. And so for me, I just always said, 
and I've been saying this, I said it before with you, I've said it on other podcasts, that to me, Craig Council was the best manager in the NL Central. And there is no doubt in my mind, and I think now he's on the Cubs. And now that he's here, I am super excited and, 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 and looking forward to the start of this season. Yeah. I mean, some people are just born for it. Uh, for example, 2010 spring training, um, I was uh, I was over the top pitcher and I show up and they go, no, we want you to throw sidearm, uh, which ended up being one of the biggest moments in my career. My first seven years, I was throwing over the top. I played another 11 uh, throwing sidearm. So I was like, well, I didn't think this was going to be my path and end up being my path. And I did it for a couple of days through a couple of bullpens, and I'm trying to figure the whole thing out because it's it's all new grips, it's all new pitches. How do I pitch against lefties? How do I pitch against righties? So I found myself in spring training out in left field and councils out there, and I just kind of asked him. He'd been around. He'd seen everybody, every kind of pitcher, right? And I asked him, I'm like, you know, advice on how a left-handed hitter would face a right-handed side armor like me. And you know, got the perfect, perfect answer. And he would, he would follow up with me, you know, as days went by in spring training. And, um, I actually got called back up as a sidearmer for the first time in 2011. So it was about a year later and, um, ended up getting a win. We were in Miami playing at the football stadium <laughs> and council was playing third. It was a day game. And I think we were kind of, we, we had the game and then we were losing the game and I was a last resort. They weren't going to throw any other pitchers in the bullpen. So here I am. And like, you know, I got four guys on base or whatever it is. And, um, anyway, I got a ground ball to council at third and he ended up fielding it, falling out of bounds and, you know, throws the ball home and gets the guy out of the plate. Like just an amazing play. This guy is just the most prepared. That's what I always got from him. He's just super prepared as a player. Now you see him as a manager and it's hard to out prepare the guy. He's going to see all the situations while planning ahead as well. And sometimes, you know, I, he's, he doesn't do everything perfect. I don't think he would say he does everything perfect. And he's had some, some moments where even, you know, we're trying to figure out why he would do that. But one thing that baseball is, is you don't see everything. There's so much going on behind the scenes that you would never know. And I still have a lot of teammates in the game and, and friends and stuff. So I get to hear some of the reasons <laughs> and you're just like, you can't really tell anybody, right? You, you know, nobody really knows and can't share, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So some of the moves that happen, you're always kind of like, well, and I always chalk it up to, we don't know everything. We know that it, the information we have, maybe this wasn't the best move or this was the best move, but uh, there's always something out there. But yes, you, it's hard to out prepare Craig Council. I'm looking forward to it, Tim, and uh, I'm, I'm hopefully looking forward to seeing you up in Milwaukee for a Cubs-Brewers game, and we show we can show everybody how we can be civil fans, enjoy a cold one, and root our teams on. <laughs> well, if I'm working, I can't drink on the job, I've been told. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have one for you and one for myself at the same yeah, time. Yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll, I'll toast you some water. Yeah. Tim Dillard, tell everybody where they can follow you and, and where they can find your work as far as on the, on the, on the Bally Network. Oh yeah. Um, it, you know, if I sign back with Bally, which I hope so, I'll be on Bally sports, Wisconsin, but you can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anything, YouTube, and it'll be at dim Tillard. Um, I'm actually just launched a thing called dim zoom. So if you ever wanted to get and sit with me, I'll let you do it for free. Uh, but, <laughs> but dim zoom. Yeah. I'm trying to plug that right now. And you're the first time I get to say it out loud. So yeah, you get to sit in a zoom call with me. And if it's like a little league team or if it's a high school team or college or, or one-on-one, -on -one, 
uh, there's a lot going on up here in this head and a lot of experience. And now I'm ready to throw it on to other people. Absolutely awesome, Tim. And, and, yep. and definitely people should check that out. Thank you for showing up. And, and it's going to be a fun one this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, everyone's excited. And it's what, mid-November. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Tim. Thanks.